Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the Tag CEO for the Americas. And welcome to my podcast. I decided to do this podcast because many of you have heard me say that I believe that Tag's biggest asset is its people. And I wanted to get underneath what makes them tick. Why are they so fantastic? Today, I've got Andrea Flanders as my guest. Uh, she's the general manager for our Canadian business. Uh, she's been with us for quite some time, and I'm very much looking forward to speaking to, uh, to Andrea. Uh, but as always, this podcast is produced by Kelly Stansfield. Hey, Kelly, how are you? I'm well, Edit. How are you doing today? Not, not, not too bad at all. Although I'm a bit tongue-tied today. This could are be an you? interesting podcast. Oh, I, gosh, I look forward to uh, it. In the bloopers, I had trouble saying my name. Um, I, I don't know why. I'm looking forward to the bloopers too. Watch this space. <laughs> uh, what's new with you this week, Kelly? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm just getting used to uh, seeing the festivities outside and looking forward to the end of the year. Oh, it's, it's a, this is a wonderful time of the year as it mm -hmm. runs up. It's got cooler now and uh, it's a fast pace up to Christmas, which is my favourite time of the year. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Cheers. for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Have a little bit of sip of the wine. Let me know if you approve. That's very nice. Yes, I do approve. Good, because you, you do like your wine, don't you? Not that I should start with that, should I? But like, you know, we've, when I've been to Canada, you do have great taste in venues and wine selections. Thank you. Yes, I do like wine, but I do like G&Ts more. Ah, ah. Well, in that case, we should go to this restaurant here that does these kind of um, Indian-themed cocktails. Yeah, so they'll do a gin and tonic, but it has spices and other things in it. It's actually very nice. All right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so you're from Canada, then? Have you always been in Canada? Yes, born and raised in Toronto. Wow, I love Toronto. Wonderful city. Why do you like Toronto so much? It's a great city. It's big. It's very diverse, multicultural. There's a good mix of green space, ravines, parks. You're on the water, on the lake. We've got our downtown core. Great food. Yeah. Naturally. Yes, yeah. I and uh, yeah, it's a, it was a great city to grow up in. Did you, when I, it was a big gap from when I used to go to Toronto and then when we, when we acquired your business um, and I went back to Toronto, I was, I was almost um, lost Hmm. Um, because the amount of buildings that had gone up by the waterfront and the sky, I, I, the, 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 the sort of skyline yeah. has changed dramatically. Or was that my major? I, I felt completely disorientated. Yeah, it, it, you're bang on. They've really been developing it, and tons of condos have popped up. Uh, it's it's a growing city. We're, we're running out of space <laughs> but they <laughs> for seem, all the people. But they seem to have done it well because they incorporate the restaurants and the food and the living, don't they? So mm -hmm. they, they seem to have done the balance right. Yeah. What's your kind of earliest memories of being in, in, in Canada or in Toronto? Earliest memories? Traveling? Yeah. I have memories, uh, a few memories that pop up from when, when I was young. Uh, I think my dad trying to get me into every sport imaginable. I think I was probably three, three and a half. And it's funny because I don't know if this is a true memory or if it's from seeing photos or, or videotapes, but he, he got me tennis racket, basketball, soccer ball, baseball, rollerblades, football, there you it. name it, trying to, trying to get me to pick everything up. Was it just you or was there, was there a sister brother? I have a younger sister. There you go, yeah, two so sisters. Two of us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So probably I can I can picture that in the backyard and in our basement. But well, that's probably carried on because you're very you look after you. You're quite sporty still, aren't you? You like to do lots of things. I am fairly active, but it, it's funny. He tried to get me into all of that when I was young, and very little of it stuck for a very long time. And then it was probably around maybe my university days where I started to get a little bit more active into running. I picked tennis back up, always loved to ski. So yeah, I love getting outside. And, and you do the one thing that I hate. Mm. Mm. Which is? The, the running. <laughs> the running. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you did the half marathon in New York. Um, was it earlier this year or? It was last December. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. And, and how, what sort of time did you do? My time. Uh, I got in just under two hours, That's which crazy. was nice. a personal a personal best for me. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but no, well done. Thank you. And, you know, talk to me about when you were younger again. So back to when you were traveling. Mm-hmm. What, what do you remember about traveling with your parents and yeah. where did you go? Growing up, we went to we went to Florida here and there. My my grandparents on my dad's side had uh, had a spot in Sarasota. That's beautiful. So I remember as a um, as a young child going with uh, sometimes with my dad, the two of us, um, and we would go and visit. and And I think I was probably around three ish at the time. So going back to your question around early memories, uh, I that sticks out in my mind. But yeah, I was pretty fortunate. We over the summers would try and, and get away out to uh, the the Laurentians area actually is just outside of Montreal. Both my parents grew up in Montreal. So it's the, I guess the uh, cottage country yes. as we call it in Toronto, or I don't know what you call it in the States. The Well, the Hamptons is probably the bougier cottage country of New York, but. It all works. Yeah. It all works. Yeah. It all works. Yeah. It's lovely. And, yeah. and, and when you were, when you were that child um, doing all these sports, mm-hmm. everything, uh, what did you actually want to be as a child? I, I mean, you know, obviously you led into this world. You've, you've only had a few jobs. You've been with this mm-hmm. business for a long time. But yeah. what did you actually want to be when you were a child? Well, when I was really little, I wanted to be a ballerina. Oh. Classic. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned very quickly. I wasn't very good at it. So that, uh, that went out the window. And then as I got a little bit older, I, I really wanted to be a lawyer. Oh, wow. And... I don't think that was based on much other than there was a TV show at the time called uh, Ally McBeal. I don't I know if there are any Ally McBeal. Oh, Ma- yeah. Wow, I can't speak now. <laughs> <laughs> Ally McBeal fans uh, in the room. But uh, yeah, maybe it glorified what it was, was like say, to they, be a they, lawyer. <laughs> they, they made it look very exotic, didn't they? And, very fun, uh, um, yes. Um, the, the real world is, you know, I, I never forget this terminology. A lawyer once said to me, you, you know, you've got to put a cold towel, to, cold towel over your head mm-hmm. and review hundreds of pages of documents. And it's just, it's tedious. Yes, yes. Did, well, you, ever, did you ever go into it or did you have any exposure to it or did you t- tempt it? Uh, well, my dad was my dad was a lawyer oh, okay. um, for some time, so I think I got exposure to the uh, the, gl- the less glamorous side of <laughs> what it was like to work in law. Um, and then in high school, I took some law classes. We had mock trials, so it was it was all fun and How games. Did you do? Oh, I crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> 
so, I think I cheated by having some help from my dad. But, uh. So I think I think the whole point of this podcast is we reveal things about folks. Yeah. So um, does the commercial team know that you are that good? So I, I suspect they're going to be watching you a bit closer now because you're probably uh, probably reviewing our contracts before they are. Yeah, I think uh, Steve and I joke about that every every once in a while, but. Uh, I, I still rely on them quite heavily. I can I can certainly not uh, consider myself a lawyer or an expert in the space. The legal jargon really gets me every time. Yeah, but you have the basic understanding, which I think helps. But you know, so if it wasn't a lawyer, then nothing. You just you just kind of drifted into this kind yeah. of world. I had no idea. Yeah. What, once I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer, I really had no idea. It wasn't until after I uh, was about to graduate from university, I had a couple of people tell me that. They thought I would be good in PR. I had no idea what PR was, but I looked into it. I thought, okay, this sounds fun. The only PR reference I really had was Samantha Jones from <laughs> Sex and the City. And obviously that, that seemed glamorous too. Yeah, so so I, I started out there. There's yeah. a theme here. TV drives your strategy. <laughs> what does that uh, say about me? Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, yeah. I, I think you make a, um, a really good point, which I think applies to many of us, myself included, that you... You know, you fall into something mm -hmm. at the sort of right age, just as you're sort of coming out of college or about to start college. And then unless you're very determined to be, you want to be something like a veterinarian or a doctor or a do lawyer, yeah. we tend to fall into something. And not many of us then go out of that swim lane, mm -hmm. you know, going forward. It's just, we're, I've, I've thought about that a few times around how interesting it is if I, my paths had gone a different way. You know, you, you just fall into something and then you stick with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think about that a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that then, what do you think has been some of your challenges then? Yeah. You know, like your professional and personal challenges. Yeah. Well, on the professional side, I think for me, um, joining the, the tag team, which originally was, was called the hot plate when I joined, yeah. we were a startup and then we, we changed our name to THP to be a bit more all-encompassing across industries outside of just food and beverage. And now part of part of TAG for the, the, the last few years. But I think for me, it was taking what I knew in a very traditional industry, figuring out a way to deliver that uh, within the model that was so unique at the time within the industry. Uh, and then once we nailed that and, and we had a really great offering and continued to grow year over year and of course, in joining TAG, I think one of the biggest challenges for me was in coming into this role during a global pandemic, integrating the businesses. There was a lot of big changes all happening at once, and there were a lot of learnings that came out of it, and I think a lot of bumps along the way, but so much good stuff at the same time. And I always find those are the moments where you really learn, grow, and and just become better. It's an old saying, um, but it's true in every in every life, in that um, or every walk of life, that when you're going through challenges, you don't realise it at the time, but you're definitely sharpening and getting better. That when you reflect back post it, you realise that you've actually did your best bit of work. You've learned so much. You, you know, people tend to grow when there's some challenges and, ad and adversity you know, ahead. Uh, and look, from observation, these are not about work, these calls, but, you know, you did a fantastic job uh, in terms of filling the rather big shoes of when Amanda, who was the founder of the business, decided to go and do other things. And she's still a friend of both of ours, as we both know. But you, you did a fantastic job of filling that, you know, rather large shoes and and, and and working it differently within the tag world. And that, that took a lot of courage. Did that courage come from 
the fact that you had an amazing childhood. Like, because I've spoken to you before, like you love mm. your family. Mm-hmm. Have you got the pet yet? Because you wanted a dog last time we spoke. <laughs> well, actually, I have an update on the dog oh, front. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our family got a dog. Oh, there you go. Yeah, about a month ago. So I, I get to reap the benefits <laughs> from that. <laughs> without all the work. <laughs> without, yeah, without most of the work. So <laughs> it worked out. But, but did that, did that, you know, you're very grounded and very you know, level-headed and you drive a kind of, you know, very motivating business in Canada. Does, where does that come from? That's a good question. And I'm not entirely sure I, I know the answer to that. I think um, I'm someone who I try and take things in in stride. And I can't say that I necessarily had a very challenging uh, upbringing that I overcame so many obstacles that it makes me who I am today. I think That's we all yeah. have those experiences Um what I observe when I come is that the the energy level in the team there is off the scale. You're surrounded by some incredibly good people. Some of them being on the podcast, and and it's always that that can do attitude around. If that doesn't work, let's do this or let's pivot here. That that kind mm-hmm. of um, instant um, change of direction is what I sense that you drive from the team. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's your tennis when you're instantly <laughs> swapping uh, hands and deciding which way to go. We have a big can-do attitude and and wanting to get stuff done and focusing on the solution, not harping on the problem. And constant, I think pivoting it was something that we probably did a lot of even before it became such yeah. a popular, popular term within the pandemic. And um, we've got a, we've got the best team. Everyone is so passionate, so excited about what they do. We've got a, a very skilled team with different backgrounds. I know you like traveling. Tell me about your best holidays and what have you explored? Yeah. One of my favorite places is uh, is Italy. And oh, yeah. I feel like that's a probably a common answer among many because it's just such a magical, spectacular place. And the food is to die food, for. I could just, yeah, yeah. yeah I could eat pasta every single day, gelato, twice a day, the wine, so actually, <laughs> just the fresh ingredients. There's something about it. I don't know, the Mediterranean way of life. It's, 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 it's amazing. We're going next year again. When we were in Europe, we used to go um, all the time, but my girls were much younger then. And they've requested this trip because they're obviously much older now and they want to go specifically so they can drink <laughs> you know, down the coast of Italy and all, try yeah. all the different wines. So we're going next year for a, uh, um, I don't know if it's a touring holiday because we've done that, but it's certainly a wine yard touring and food, pasta. Uh, Sounds amazing. Yeah. Bring me with you. Yeah. You can, you can <laughs> be my so third child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, apart from Italy, what else would you say is your highlight? I think another highlight for me is probably when I got to visit Budapest. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that back, uh, I guess that was 2015. My grandparents on my on my mom's side are, are from Hungary. And I, I grew up hearing so many stories um, about when they had lived there. So I finally got the chance to go and see it and... Um, really imagine and, and bring to life all of the things that they had shared with me. And it's a beautiful city. The food is also fantastic there as well. Did, did you did, did you understand the history around there was Buddha and Pest? There was two different. Yeah, well, the I learned that yeah. when I <laughs> when I went. Yeah, I had no idea yeah, before that. Exactly. There yeah. was just the river in the middle, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it there. The history was amazing. It yeah, really was. yeah. Well, my grandparents are Holocaust survivors as oh, well. They really? Yeah. So some of the stories that they had shared was. Uh, pretty incredible to 
to then go and and see where where it all happened and yeah it's something yeah. i'll always take with me i did go I, I did cry as an adult when i went i went to see um Auschwitz and Bergamon. Mm. It, 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 I, I don't think the scale and the cruelty that you're prepared for it. I certainly you know, knew about the Holocaust and seen the pictures and read the books. And my first doctor when I was a young boy had the green numbers on his. And I just always wondered what that was. My dad told me, didn't really understand. Yeah. Then you go to actually see it. And you just think it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Well, I, I have an interesting story on that. My grandfather's younger brother was in Auschwitz. And many years later, when he was living in Montreal, he was in a bookstore and he picked up a book of uh, photographs from the Holocaust and he was flipping through the pages and he ended up identifying himself no. in this book, but he didn't recognize himself. Of the only way he was able to identify that it was him was the tattoo of the number that on is his crazy arm. that's yeah. crazy yeah that's crazy mm -hmm. yeah it, I, I, obviously we're getting to a, part, a point now where there's very little if anybody left from from that era yeah. and i remember watching the the interviews and they did they did good stuff as they were getting to a certain age you have to video and interview these people because unless you've experienced it and lived through it and taped it and heard it yeah you can't you can't really understand what folks went through, and I think you have to because history is, has got a danger of repeating itself. And when enough time goes by where you forget, things can raise themselves up again. And and, and I, I genuinely think we need to continue to spread the message and and show the horrors of what that was about. Yeah. Well, my grandparents actually they documented they they wrote autobiographies so that we do have it captured somewhere. And I think I've heard some of the stories so many times over that it's it's etched in my brain, but it, it is pretty incredible when I think back on it. it. It doesn't feel possible that that could have actually happened and that it was real, but it, it happened and it happens elsewhere in the world. It, it does absolutely on, 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 a, on a different scale, but it absolutely goes on. And I, I said to my family that we sh they should all go and they said, no, they didn't want to go. But I think it should be a compulsory school visit yeah, for all kids around the world. Because if you see that and the scale of it, maybe it'll prevent any anybody doing things in the future. Yeah. But anyway, how do we go down this dark turn? <laughs> uh, um, let's turn this around. Let's turn this around. <laughs> Talk about something that you've done that you've never done before. Uh, well, besides recording this podcast. <laughs> besides that, yes. Uh, something that I did uh, for the first time, it was almost a year ago. I got uh, talked into... Uh, seeing a psychic. Oh my god! Yeah, Yay. which yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Kaylee's a fan. <laughs> I find the whole thing scary. Oh yeah, my my wife loves it, but I find it horrifyingly scary. So yeah. I'm I'm very interested to know yeah. more. I, I'm a total skeptic when it comes to stuff like that because I just feel like there's a way of explaining all of it. I try and poke holes. But uh, a trusted friend who is very credible uh, highly recommended this psychic. And um, I thought, eh, why not? I'll give it a try. Maybe it would be fun. And it, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a crazy, it was a crazy experience. I don't, I'll see if, if are you still it a, comes are you, true. Are you still a skeptic? Yeah, there's a part of me that is still a skeptic. However, uh, at least one of the things that she predicted has come to fruition. And there were things that she knew about me right away, just from me walking in the door that she picked up on. I don't know how you would know that about somebody. 
So it m- opened my mind to the fact that there's there's maybe something what? here, but I can't help but still <laughs> be skeptical. I think I'm on your level. Yeah. And my my observation of this is that I think that there's you know that statistic that says that, um, and I don't know what the exact percentage is between five and seven percent. Folks say that you know we only use about five to seven percent of the capacity of our brain. Mm-hmm. So you know there's there's a there's a massive amount of additional capacity in our brain. It's it's an incredible piece of our body, um, and people say that some folks are just have a one percent more. Yeah, you know, like there's a, there's different spectrums in that. And and I remember reading a book many years ago called Blink, which was around, you know, as human beings, we are an instinctive species Mm -hmm. and we instinctively know things quite quickly. And I think this is true around you meet someone and you know instantaneously whether you're going to like them or not. And, you know, it takes time to validate that, but it is, we are instinctive as people. I think there are obviously a lot of fraudsters in that world, but there are also some genuine people. And I think that they are tapping into something that allows them to be more instinctive about what has been you know like so a lot of the stuff is that we're portraying we we are you know messaging Mm -hmm. and they're actually able to receive those messages Mm -hmm. versus there being something more weirder does that sort of am i making any sense at all yes i think there is something there every so often i'll have a dream about something that then comes to fruition not to say <laughs> that maybe I've missed my calling and I should go and pursue. <laughs> you dreamed that you're going to do a podcast. Yeah, but so I, I guess I can see, and I see it in others, in some of the other people that I know where they have that innate ability of that sixth sense. Uh, and I think if you can figure out the right way to tap into it, yeah, then it's there. But I, I, I have a hard time figuring out how yeah how that works no exactly yeah. and then you see these programs that i'm forced to watch at home yes that my wife watches and and you think okay yeah. if they've had no if it's genuine they've had no pre-intel how do they know some yeah. of this stuff and i i you know and and i'm i'm natural skeptic i think they, they know someone must have fed them there must be an earpiece yeah. or you know yeah. so i'm not i'm not entirely sure yeah. but then i i did go and see darren brown live once okay and you know, it's astonishing because he talks about that. It's tricks. There are tricks. There are ways to do this. And so, yeah, I've no idea, but fascinated. Yes. So did one of your wishes, are you able to say what came true? The dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't say what, but it was actually some, it was something work related that oh. she predicted and said, said something would happen. And within a few weeks, it did. Was it a good month or a bad month? <laughs> Uh, no comment. Ask anything. <laughs> this is now your opportunity to ask me anything. Yes. I would like to ask if you could tell your 16-year-old self a secret of knowing what you know now, what would it be? Uh, buy stocks and shares in Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a good question. I think, um, I would tell my 16 year old self, and I'm not going to do the trite things about, you know, the family and the relationships, because I think that's all worked out really well. And I'm very happy with that. I think I'd tell my 16 year old self to just be more thoughtful and don't wish time away. Um, because I think, you know, when I'm, when I was that young and 
even for the next 20 years. You, you know, you're moving at such a pace and you want to get somewhere quite quickly that, you know, sometimes I think, did I forget to enjoy and relish every moment? So I would tell my 16-year-old self to, you know, continue to do all the great things that have happened and to continue to be positive and energetic and hungry and not unfortunately physically, maybe maybe control the weight bit, maybe, but continue to be hungry for, you know, many things, but to also enjoy them, you know, deeply as they go along. And and I think the the biggest thing I'd, I'd link that to is my, my children who, who are fantastic and I've enjoyed them enormously. But there are times I wish I'd enjoy them even more because the time doesn't come back. Well, you can start now. There's no time like the present. <laughs> they, they really don't want anything to do with me anymore. <laughs> so, um, Andrea, you, you have been a fantastic guest. And I think, you know, you're one of these people that you find a way, maybe it's all the sporting prowess that you have, the, the fantastic upbringing that you had, but your ability to, you know, intellectually curiously drive where you're going to go, create energy around yourself, tackle problems, is a delight to see. So th- thank you so much for being that sort of person. Thank and, you. Uh, Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag. Thank you.